Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I get to talk about anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to Digital Dealer Tampa, because it's right around the corner. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous, Mr. Paul J. Daly. Paul, what's up? What's going on, man? <laughs> you always throw it off with the intro. I know, I hate I love it. I love it. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Hey, man, we get to talk about Digital Dealer. I'm excited, you know? I always like Digital Dealer. I think they do a great job of bringing, like, vendors and dealers in a speaking environment, you know? And I feel like each of the sessions do a great job of really not just providing the stats and, like, the education, but it really feels like a lot. You walk out of these sessions, it's like a real roadmap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of how many digital dealers. This is only my second one ever in Tampa. The first one I went to was last year. And um, man, last year just had a different energy to it, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what this year is like, because last year it was like the first event back um, I know. From, from the COVID lockdown. And it was like, uh, from what I understand, it was kind of an unusually energetic crowd. And, you know, obviously I did everything I could to contribute to that unusually energetic crowd, but also, um, so I, I don't know what a normal year is, but last year was amazing. So, you know me, I love being around people and um, I, I think it's going to be great. So I, I, I think I'm it kidding. is. And, and, and I was looking through all the different sessions and the titles and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. And just the combination of vendors and dealers, you know, talking side by side with each other is a lot. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to get into your guys' session because I want to know more. But mm -hmm. uh, before we do that, I love kicking off these conversations, origin stories of how people kind of got started in the industry. A, because I'm always curious to find out. I mean, no one, look, no one wakes up one day and goes, you know what? I want to be an automotive. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's the common tale. It's a common tale. Like mo most of us in the industry, automotive found us some point, right? Some point down down the road of our lives. I got an automotive. I was in my early 20s, never been in a car dealership my entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, my family always bought like $200 Volkswagens off the side of the road. I met somebody who was a car dealer, first, you know, first car dealer I ever met. And uh, he offered me a job as a service advisor. And I was like, I don't know a lot about cars. He said, well, it's fine. I have technicians that know about cars. I need someone that knows about people. And I guess he thought I did. So he hired me and I absolutely loved it. And I was a service advisor at a Chevy dealership. I had my team of techs. And then um, I saw somebody reconditioning cars, pushing dents, uh, fixing damage. And I thought, man, I might be good at that. And at the time I thought I was going to go into full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. So I thought I could, you know, make my own salary and then, you know, not have to take anything from the church. I told the dealer principal actually, and, um, cause he was a friend or I considered him a friend. And he said, you know, if you, you want what's best for your people, you do what's best for them, not what's best for you. And so we went out to the wholesale line. I got a 1984 Chevy Astro rusting to pieces. He said, you can have it for 400 bucks. So I did, I spray painted the crap out of that thing, bought small business for dummies, started a business. Um, and then just built a reconditioning business for the next 15 years. Uh, that was acquired by Dent Wizard International. In the meantime, I started uh, creating content because I'm a creative at heart mm -hmm. and uh, just started to figure out how to serve the industry that way. Uh, Dent Wizard acquired my uh, reconditioning business. Meanwhile, I started working with Gary Vaynerchuk and VaynerMedia. That's another story. But um, all this kind of happened. And over the last five years, I've really been uh, head down dedicated to being an advocate for the retail automotive dealer and trying to help the automotive world translate retail mm -hmm. into the normal world, right? Like how do you get auto dealers to think like retailers? And then all of the things that come like that about that technology stacks and communication and marketing and leadership and 
cult company cultivation and team, you know, team development and, and all the things that I think the modern workforce expects mm -hmm. and all the things the modern consumer expects. So um, that's kind of how I got into it. And now, you know, I'm obviously leaning into Automotive State of the Union, which is the only dealer owned media company ever in history. And, so you know, cool. <laughs> it, it is, I, you know what, and look, the business is one of those businesses. It gets in your skin. You just can't get it out. Right. So it doesn't Love surprise it so much. me that you got a little taste for your taste good, you know, and then all of a sudden here you are 15, 20 years later, like, what just right. happened? And then I guess I'm in automotive. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, I guess I'm in the auto industry. And the cool part is now that my kids, so I have, um, 13 year old, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, almost 16, 13, 10 and two years old. And Ooh, so I have four yeah. kids. I, like, I'm doing the wrong <laughs> numbers these days. I have four kids, right? That's how kids. that works. But my kids have now grown up around car people around people know, in the automotive right? industry cool? and i travel with them whenever i can and now the people that they know that are like close with our family and close with their friends from all over the country are in the auto industry so like yeah i found my way to it or it found its way to me over the course of you know however many years but now my my kids are growing up knowing that like there are just so many amazing people in this industry so um i like to think that i'm a part of the next generation <laughs> and your kids are going to be the generation after that, right? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> God God knows what, what they're going to be trying to figure out. <laughs> but that's true, though. Look, look, look. Either you're born into the business, uh, you stumble into the business, or you get conned into the business. But I find it's usually one of those three, right? So it's a desperation move, right? It's a desperation move for a lot of people. Well, hey, Florida's right around the corner. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited. Um, you know, both of us had snow just a couple days ago. Sure did. So. <laughs> sure did. Six inches. Is that crazy? It was or gone what? by the end of the day. That's upstate I know, New York I know, for you. But I'm it in was, Syracuse, it was... New York. You're not that far away. <laughs> no, a little not. further north. So, but I'm like, what the hell? I can't wait to go to Florida. This is going to be great. Hey, uh, so talking about Florida. Uh, but I'm a baby, man. I'll Are tell you? you what. Like when it comes to heat, I'm a total baby. I mean, I oh, grew no. up in Philly. So Are you going to melt a popsicle on us? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of done with winter. I'm telling you what, man, it gets to like 80 degrees and I'm like, yo, it's too hot. <laughs> You're the one that like sleeps with the AC on like all night long. Oh, like just, yes. Just windows yes. and everything. Like just. I'd rather, people. I'd rather be trapped in my house because there's like a blizzard outside than trapped in my house because it's 105 degrees. Like there's nothing worse. There's nothing, there's nothing worse. <laughs> well, let's hope you don't stay in your house and you come down to digital dealer so you can do your I'll session. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this session. I think it's going to be pretty cool. For for everyone out there watching and listening, maybe give us like, a, you know, uh, like a couple highlights or two to three big points, sure. you know, that the session is going to be about. Yeah, the session is really about how to build value into vendor-dealer partnerships. It's something myself and my business partner in Automotive State of the Union, Kyle Mountsier, we're super Love passionate it. about mm -hmm. um, because the friction between vendors and dealer partners are really is really what slows innovation down. And we see the impact of this every day. And we spend so much time, so much wasted energy in the friction between those when this environment and the barbarians at the gate, like the, you know, the Carvanas and the Teslas, et cetera, they don't care about our friction. And if there was ever a time where we needed to band together and find a better way to work together and speed up innovation, it's right now because all of our collective futures depend on it. It didn't matter as much 10 or 15 years ago when like you're just trying to like compete against the dealer down the street, mm -hmm. but now it's, we're competing against like this impending pressure from just the retail and technological, uh, technological, technology, technological, technological yes. whatever the developed world <laughs> in automotive. <laughs> so we have all this technology and these new players in the field 
And so what we're going to be talking about is how to really grow that relationship to the point where it's actually much less, uh, has much less friction and helps us innovate faster because um, if we don't, we will die. A hundred percent we will. And, and you know what, I think, you know, you see some of the most progressive dealers out there and dealer groups, you know, um, I don't know if you got a chance to go out to the Kane Automotive, you know, conference, but I was I watching a lot I of that. I didn't either, but though. I got to watch a lot of it. I'm just like, you know, just like, what's a perfect example of just, you know, a, a, a dealer, but then also as far as going to dealer group, just leaning on their vendors and say, look, we got to come together as partners and actually make vision happen, yeah. you know? And I still think, you know, there's a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think dealerships necessarily know how, um, or maybe even if sometimes they don't want to, you know, there is, there is this proverbial easy button sometimes. And it's, it, it's kind of nice just to be able to click it and just hope everything happens, you know, but it's that working relationship that I see dealers have with their vendors that you get the most out of every system solution or service or whatever it is. So I think that's awesome for, for anybody that's going to be uh, attending this seminar, what, what are maybe like one or two like takeaways? They're like, this, this is an absolute takeaway. You got to take it back to your team. You got to execute this. What would that be? Yeah. So um, we're going to talk a lot about the common things that uh, vendors per- perceive about their dealers and the, the things that they say, like they don't understand or they need to understand mm-hmm. this or the things that dealers might say about their vendors. Well, they need to understand this. Like they've never sold a car. And vendors are like, well, they've never developed tech. Right. And we have like all these lists of things that are the common things. And when, you know, when we read them off, everyone's going to be like, yeah, we totally say that behind closed doors. And so the, one of the big takeaways is going to be, how do we actually get past that? They don't need, they don't need to, right. So we're going to talk a little bit about both sides of the game and we're going to try to increase, we, you know, we believe it's the, it's a buzzword now, but it's a valid word empathy. Like how do we increase our understanding of their challenges? And approach. So if you're a dealer, it's like, how do I actually try to put put myself in the vendor's shoes and say, like, okay, what are they dealing with? How can I help them develop faster and better for me? And obviously for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a big mindset shift, right? Because entering into any relationship with like, hey, let's just remember one thing. You're here to serve me. Yeah. Right? That's the wrong way. Like 100%. we cannot have good partnerships if that exists. So I think one of the biggest takeaways is is going to be some tools to get past that and understanding that if we can get past that, the synergy and the energy that is created by that will actually help start helping solving problems much more quickly. And you know what it's like, once you get the taste of like a win, a quick win, one or two wins, it changes the whole dynamic of a relationship. It energizes everybody. It gets you excited to, to innovate the next thing and you can get to the next bottleneck faster. Yes. And you know, and it just starts with the one win. You know, like you mm-hmm. just got to take the one step. I think sometimes we, you know, we kind of approach this as like this big monster project and I need to get all 15 vendors into one single room and I needed them all to lay out yeah, the land and we, and we have to come up with this monster, monster plan and it's got 15, 15 different points of execution to it. And it's like, you just got to start with one, right? Well, it's tough too. When you start getting everybody in one room, in theory, that sounds like a great leadership principle. Get everybody together. Sure. But if you think about the the variety of skill sets that it takes to like all the vendors, and then just think of the variety of reps, the different levels of reps that are in an organization. So it's like no two reps are created equal. So, I mean, you can have junior reps, you can have a new rep, you can have a senior rep, 
and they're going to be at all different levels. So even like getting everybody in the room is uh, you can spin your tires quite a bit. And um, so I actually don't advocate for that. No, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. You know, I think you spend the time one-on-one look, this, this is going to be a cool session and uh, I will most definitely be uh, front row. I'll more likely be wearing something orange and you know, I'll be going, Hey Paul, Kyle, feel free to heckle. Hey, I'll be a total fanboy, hundred yeah. percent. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> Hey, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now, Paul, and would like to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? The best way to connect with me is definitely social media. LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of my time, Paul J. Daly. Um, But my heart and soul right now is poured into what Kyle and I are building, uh, a SOTU Automotive State of the Union, A-S-O-T-U.com. Sign up for our daily email. We put everything into it every day to, again, try to reduce friction and get us moving faster. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks for taking the time to jam with me. You have yourself an amazing day. You too. Thanks.